A good gift has value. We cherish what we've been given when we know it comes at a high price or at a steep cost. But the most valuable gift of all has already been paid for, and it was bought for you. Today we talk about a king like no other. Right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, Dan Wills here, host uh, and lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I want to say thank you for joining a venture podcast today. I'm super excited because it is the week of Christmas, and so I want to say from my family to to all of you, to all of our listeners, uh, we want to wish you a very, very merry and Christ-filled Christmas. I want to thank you for joining us today, and uh, we kind of use this podcast uh, in a form to get that message out there about who Christ is, and today, specifically, we're going to be talking about a king like no other. And uh, this is a, a Christmas, um, in a sense, a message to you guys all today, and um, we just, we're just excited about uh, sharing it with you. Uh, because we are going to be wrapping up uh, this series that we, we called The Gift, uh, where we've been looking at three different gifts that the wise men uh, gave to Jesus. Now, if you haven't joined us uh, for the last couple of weeks, uh, now would be a great time if you want to go back and uh, catch the first couple episodes. Um, this is episode three in this series. Uh, and, and you can w- listen to this episode without um, worrying about if you didn't catch the others, you'll be okay. Uh, but I encourage you to just to know where we are with the three gifts, all right? Uh, also, you may not know this story a little bit, but when Jesus was born of a, a virgin, um, there were wise men or magi. They were very wealthy, educated Gentiles that that traveled a long way to come and to worship Jesus. And you might think there were three of these wise men because your grandma's nativity scene or your church's nativity scene or your own nativity scene shows three wise men. There were probably not three, though. Okay, For some reason, we just assume that there are three because there was three gifts. Uh, but there most likely was a dozen or more or even some scholars believe a, a hundred plus. Okay, But either way, they traveled a very long way to worship Jesus. They gave him very unusual gifts, and we've been looking at those gifts in Matthew chapter 2. And so I want to read that text again to you guys today, uh, which says this about the wise men. It's Matthew 2, 10 through 11. It says, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. And then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at uh, both the practical application and the spiritual significance of these gifts. Uh, take the frankincense. In, in week number one, um, the first episode, we, we showed it represented Jesus as the high priest, the representative of the people, as the one who would give his life and the one who would sit at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for, for God's people, Jesus as the high priest. Uh, episode two, we looked at myrrh. And that represents Jesus as the suffering servant or or the Lamb of God. Uh, Today, I want to look at the gift of gold. 
throughout history because of the scarcity and value of gold. Uh, this has been known as a gift fit for a king. And so I want to talk uh, today about the, the kingship of Christ, Jesus as king. So let's talk about the kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ as the Magi gave him gold. We're going to talk about a king like no other. Jesus is not just a person born on earth, but he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of all lords. So today I want to show you uh, or uh, share with you a, a verse in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul, as he's talking to his protege, Timothy, and this is recorded in 1 Timothy 6.15. Okay, it's the only verse that we're really going to focus on uh, for this episode. It is 1 Timothy 6.15, like I said. For all, for at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and, uh, and only almighty God, the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Now, now, when Paul said this in the, in the Greek language, it was completely impossible for him to state this more powerfully. There's no way to say it with more emphasis. Jesus is the supreme authority over all the kingdoms of the world. The entire cosmos is, the, is, in, is in the hands of, of King Jesus. He is a king like no other. Uh, so today is going to be an unusual talk, okay? Because our God has a very unusual and unexpected way to show his love in, in the world. You see, people were expecting a Messiah, a Savior, a king to be born. The problem is that the Jews expected their king to be born in a palace, surrounded by wealth and luxury and, and comfort. In our day and age, this king would have probably been born and placed in a crib with purple lining and been wearing Gucci onesies and having baby Nikes on or, or whatever the latest clothing trend is today. No one expected the king to be born in poverty, in a cave next to farm animals. They didn't expect the Savior, the Messiah, to be the, the son of a carpenter born in Nazareth. Nathaniel asked the question, can anything good at all come from Nazareth? No one predicted that the king of glory, the son of God, would befriend prostitutes, touch lepers, and love those that the religious institutions rejected. They never imagined a king who would, in other words, choose uneducated fishermen and despise tax collectors and rebellious uh, troublemakers to be his own disciples. No one ever imagined that a king would forgive a woman caught in the very act of adultery when the law said she should be stoned, and, and yet he would confront the hypocrisy of the, of the Pharisees again and again and, and overturn tables when people misused his temple as a place of personal profit. They never imagined that the king of the Jews would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey of all creatures, and those who would be cheering for his arrival would be the outcasts, the overlooked, and even the immoral ones. No one expected a king to stand trial for crimes that he did not commit. No one ever imagined that an innocent king would be beaten, whipped, scourged, stripped naked, and hang on an instrument of torture known as a cross, dying a death that a criminal deserved to die. No one ever imagined that this king hanging on a cross as the creator in the flesh while the creation, the people, us, mocked him, spit on him, that this king, while suffering, would look up unto heaven and, and pray for mercy for those who were torturing him when he said, Father, please forgive them because they don't even know what they are doing. When they offered him a drink to dull the pain, he rejected it, facing the full agony of the sin of the world, and he declared, It is finished. I did what you sent me to do, Father. Into your hands I commit my spirit. No one ever expected the king to die a, a shameful death in front of people mocking him. 
And when he breathed his last, there was no one predicting that the sky would go dark and the earth would shake and the world would lose hope as they buried a dead king in a borrowed grave. No one expected that three days later when some women went to the, to the tomb and check on it, that the stone would be rolled away, then the body was not there. This king was risen from the dead and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. I want to tell you about a king like no other. It's an unusual Christmas uh, message in, in, in a sense. It's because it's in an incredibly unusual way for God to show his love to a, a broken and sinful world. What's interesting to me is when you look at the story in the very first century, you see three very distinct responses to Jesus as king. And oddly enough, here we are 2,000 plus years later, and you see the exact same, very distinct responses to Jesus as king. In fact, I'm guessing if you have the courage to be honest enough, you might find yourself in the middle of one of these very distinct, very common responses to Jesus as king. The first one is represented by King Herod. Herod opposed Jesus as king. If you know the story, he wanted to guard and protect his kingship, and so he issued a decree that all the boys under the age of two in Bethlehem would be put to death because he heard there might be this king who might threaten his kingdom. And I don't know who this would be, but there might be those of you that are listening that would say, you know, I don't, I don't need religion. I don't need this God kind of stuff. I don't need Jesus stuff. I'm doing fine on my own. I don't want anybody else to tell me what to do. I'm fine. Whether you know that or not, you're, you're opposing King Jesus at this point. You're, you're saying, I'm going to do my life my way. Don't anybody tell me what to do. Don't, don't let some outdated book, some religious principle, some stupid church, some, some Christian podcast tell me how to live. I've got this. I'm opposing Jesus as king. There was a second group, and I think this is profoundly common today. The Jewish priests, they didn't oppose Jesus. The, the Jewish priests dismissed Jesus as king. They dismissed him. They just, they just kind of blew him off, which is so bizarre because these very Jewish priests, they, they actually quoted scripture. They quoted an Old Testament Bible verse from Micah 5.2 that prophesied that there would be a ruler from Bethlehem. And yet these priests were only five miles away, and they didn't show up to worship Jesus as king. The same kind of thing happens all the time now. Hey, do you want to go to church with me and experience the presence of God? Nah, nah, I'm good. Would you like to read God's living word? It's a, it's a love letter full of uh, uh, and offers life and freedom and hope. Would you like to read God's word? No, I'm good there too. I've got other books to read. Hey, would you like to be a part of a, of a mission, sharing the love of God with the broken world, a spirit of generosity and grace? No, I'm good there too because I got to get to grandma's house and open up presents, you know, and I got all these popcorn tins I got to collect, you know, <laughs> you know? And the Jewish priests did what's so common today. They, they just dismissed Jesus as king. Then there were the wise men. The third response to Jesus as king. The wise men bowed down and worshiped Jesus as king. The ultimate response to show reverence, awe, and honor to the God of heaven who became one of us in the person of Jesus. And they said, it's not about me, my throne, my desires, my wealth. With everything in, with everything in me, I bow down the most surrendered posture to show you my reference. You're my king, the king of the universe. And they bowed down and they worshiped him. So I'm just curious, and I'll ask this as sincerely as I possibly know I can and know how. What's your response today? Are you saying, "Ah, don't need him, 
I've got this. And so you're opposing him. And you might not call it that, but that's the way you live. That's kind of what you're doing. Or maybe, like more people around today, do you just dismiss him? Yeah, it's a good story and all. I'll get to it later. I've heard it before. I did the church thing when I was a kid. Yeah, that's good for some people, but eh, you know, you just dismiss him. Or is he the king of your heart, your life? You see, with everything in me, I just really, really want you to know him. I want you to know him. I was a kid that grew up going to church. I I knew about him, but I did not know him. I I was a Catholic. I went to uh, a local uh, Catholic church here in uh, the Bellevue, Omaha area. I even went to school there all the way through eighth grade. I remember this this one priest that was there, and I liked him because he was honorary and sarcastic, and and he would give kids a hard time, and yet at the same time, he cared about them, you know? And and at some points, he would even get up into your business and just tell you for real what it was about, you know? He'd just be real with you. Well, one time, he's he's, uh, preaching the, the Christmas service. We went to the Christmas service because we hadn't been since Easter, so that's when you go, Christmas and Easter, right? <laughs> and he said to the church congregation that day, he said, Merry Christmas and Happy Easter. And he went on to say, I'm saying this because I won't see a lot of you again until Easter, so I might as well give it out of the way now, right? And I thought, you know, that's kind of funny. That was good, haha, you know, because I was in about seventh or eighth grade. And, and, and he said, a lot of you are called CEO Christians, They spelled it out, C-E-O, Christians. And he said, you know why? Because you're Christmas and Easter only Christians. I was kind of thinking that, well, that kind of hurts. That's kind of mean. You know, he's being that sarcastic guy that he was, you know. And then I remember kind of thinking, you know what? He's right. It's it's pretty true, right? That's, That's kind of what we are, what who we were, you know. See, I knew about him, but I didn't know him. There were times when I opposed him. I got this. I don't need him. I'm doing it my way. I'm going to have my fun. I'm doing my thing. There were more times when I just dismissed him. Yeah, it's probably good for somebody, but just not for me, okay? But no matter what, there was this aching in my soul, this longing for something more. And I'm just going to be just just as transparent as I can with you. This real sense of guilt and, and shame, it, it just lingered. It would just not go away. You see, I knew that I had done so many things that were wrong, and so I tried to be good, but the more I tried, the more I'd fail. So to me, church was just like this religious religion (laughs) and rules and a ritual about some historic story, but something kept drawing me back. And it wasn't just this little baby born in a manger that grew up to be this nice, timid, weak guy that played with kids in his lap and petted lambs, okay? Let me tell you what it was. It was a king who stripped himself of the glory of heaven, born of a virgin, in poverty, in a cave, reaching out to the lowest of low. Those who are despised, those who just can't get it right, those who are are in a financial mess, those whose first marriage didn't work out and now they're in a bad place again, those who use substances, trying to find meaning in in the wrong places. He came for people like that. And I was one of those people. He loved me right where I was and forgave me, not because I was good, but because he was incredibly good. And I just really want you to know him. And let's be real. A lot of you are listening today or at some point uh, this week or down the road. You won't. You won't know him. You see, I had a mentor who told me that 
and he warned me, and he said, you know, Christmas is the toughest um, time to, to preach, to, to give a message, okay? He called it the, the pass-through time, okay? Uh, specifically on Christmas uh, in church for our messages, the services, he would call them a pass-through service. Because a lot of people just come to, not because they want to, but because they're with family and they're in town and they have to put on this good show or whatever, and they kind of just go. Or if they're made to go, right? They just, well, mom and dad will be mad if I don't go, right? And so I better go with them, you know? Or maybe you decided to catch a, a, a podcast, you know, because I at least better listen to something, a Christmas message of some kind, so I can say, you know, I went to church this year, or I heard the message this year. My mentor, he called it a, a pass-through time, a pass-through service, because everybody was passing through to go to grandma's house, or passing through to go to the next dinner, or, or passing through to, to get yourself to the mall, because it's too late to order on Amazon, and you got to get it done, right? It's a pass-through time, a service. And they are tough to, to talk on, to preach on, to give the, the Christmas message. And so I just pray that there's someone listening today and you hear this and that, that you just don't pass through, that you've been opposing him or, or dismissing him, that maybe somehow you would see the unusual love of God in a way that just commands and demands more from you. Let me tell you about my king. He is not some distant, angry, uninvolved judge waiting for you to mess up. He's not the man upstairs. He's not the big guy in the sky. Jesus is not your homeboy. He's not your eight-pound, six-ounce newborn baby Jesus. He is the righteous king of kings. He is the Lord of all lords. Today, I would like to ask you, if you wouldn't mind, if you would just take a moment, maybe it's right now, or maybe it's later today, or whatever time frame you're listening to this, maybe it's this week. Just take a moment out of your time to prepare your hearts to worship this king, to give him honor, to give him reverence for who he is. Who is this king that gave us his life for us? It's my king. According to scripture, he is the king of glory. He is the king of righteousness. He is the king of the ages. He is the king of all kings. Jesus, the king, heals the sick, opens blind eyes, heals deaf ears, strengthens the weak, delivers the captive, restores those who are broken and hurting. He is the king. He is a shelter in your time of trouble. He is a light when your world is dark. He is the prince of peace, the lamb of God, the alpha and the omega. He is the resurrection and life. He is our king. And so wherever you are at, let's honor our king. This Christmas season. Amen. That concludes this episode of Venture Podcast. It also concludes our series on the gift. So next week, we're going to be talking about how your life has a profound meaning, where you're called to live a life of purpose. It's not just what you do, it's who you are. So join us for Called. Talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at ChandlerAcresChurch.com.